Good evening and welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Hard, where who'd have thought we'd need you... Right here is where we need you. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me as always, Mr. Green. Hey, everybody. And we are live once again on RealityRadio101.com. It's been seven weeks where we've been podcast only, but we're back now. And I just want to say a welcome back to Yuri, who uh, he went through some tough times, had to get some surgery, but now he's back. He's a fighter, he's a winner, and he's back at the boards. Welcome back, Yuri. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are too kind. Thank you. Well, yeah, no, it's good to have you back, brother. Thank that's, you, that's Mr. The, Green. That's what matters. There Thank we go. You. So, yeah, Yuri is back, and we're back live on reality radio. But some of you are thinking, what, were, were they just gone for seven weeks? No. Oh, my friend, we did do seven shows that were podcast only that you can find at geekhardshow.com or on any podcasting platform where you listen to us. We did some great stuff. We did a Christmas show. We did a we did the big fat quiz of Geek Hard. We did a best of the best of the past year where we talked about the movies, comics, and TVs that we loved. And we had some great guests, including Catherine Isabel and some other great people as well. You can go back to listen to all those episodes. They're available at or on your podcasting platform of choice. Yeah, it, basically the last seven weeks we did everything as if we were live on the air, except for it was just podcast only. That was the only That's difference. That's right, and and we had the old man on the boards. Yeah, yeah, that was a little crazy. Yuri, <laughs> it's really good to have you back. Yes, very much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh man, so we're gonna take a commercial break when we come back. Actually, let me just tell you first what we're doing on the show tonight. We got a great show for you tonight. We are out of practice. You're going to be practice. talking with voice actor Ian Hanlon. He's got he's on uh, Sonic Prime as Shadow and Big Cat and a bunch of other stuff he does. We're going to be talking to him about that. We're giving our review of the Echo miniseries that uh, with the Marvel Spotlight that came to Disney Plus this past week. And in just a few moments, we'll be talking with comic creator Kelly Thompson about her work on Birds of Prey, The Cull, and more. But right now, we're going to take that commercial break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Kelly Thompson right here. Geek Card Reality Radio 101. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek hard answer listen to geek hard while wearing a geek hard t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash geek hard we got a bunch of great shirts there we got geek hard shirts we got a mr green's tasty meat shirt hell we got a back issue bloodbath shirt for all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you.
welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fabulous Friday night. And it's going to be a fun night. Yes, it is. Mr. Green? Yes. How does it feel to not be worrying about half the stuff you were worrying about for seven weeks? Because, <laughs> like, you do always say that I'm, I'm always excited. But during that time, I'm going to say the level of excitement went a bit down for a bit there. <laughs> when you were like, well, what's going on here? What's, what's, what's happening with the sound? So, yeah, so I think I'm guessing you're much more chill tonight. Yeah, I, it's just it's just a it's a very strange and weird place to be again. There you go. It, well, it, it, it feels like it's been forever, but and then yet not a day has passed by. There you go. That's it's that's it's our, like COVID all over again for me. Time is a flat circle. There you go. So take of that what you will, folks. We got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> And we're going to kick things off with our first guest of the evening. She is a award-winning comic creator. You've seen her work at Marvel. Now she's over at the DC. She's the current writer of Birds of Prey. And she's also got some great stuff coming through her Substack that's being released through Image Comics, like The Cull. Please welcome back to the program our good friend, Kelly Thompson. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. I got to talk about Birds of Prey. It was my favorite <laughs> book of 2023. Oh, that's you, huge. You, you are you are the master <laughs> of the group dynamic and I feel like <laughs> I feel like you've really played with it over these past several months where you know having Birds of Prey in the call, two very different groups, but <laughs> And two very different books, but yeah. Two very different books. <laughs> but the, the, the kind of through line there is you, you do the, the great job of putting a bunch of people that, you know, have some type of conflict, whether it being overt or it's internal, you put them together and you just let the dialogue roll. <laughs> well, thank you. I am, um, you know, Sana Amanat, one of my very favorite editors I've ever worked with uh, when she was at Marvel. We were at Marvel together. Um and I also consider her a friend. I hope she considers the same. She one time said, and this was early in my career, she said, I think you do better at solo books. And uh, I took that personally, Sana. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I just was like, I don't agree. I mean, I, I think I, I, I can see her point. And certainly I was very green at the time. And like a, a team book, an ensemble requires a very delicate balancing act. Um but I think I've gotten better at it over the years. I, I do think when I look at like X for or a force was something I did really early on. And I still really love that book. It was a lot of fun. I worked with some great people. It had some great characters on it, but when I look at it now, I'm like, yeah, I needed to pull some of that back, you know? So you, you learn some of that, I think as you go. And, but I did take that as like a challenge when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> and now I guess that's the reason why your solo books kind of became team books as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a couple things. I think, you know, a little bit, it's a trick to try and fight the, 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 there's so many books and it's really hard to make solo books go unless your name's like Spider-Man or Batman. So, you know, it, it helps that Captain Marvel fans know if they're buying that Captain Marvel solo title, they're regularly going to get, you know, Spider-Woman, maybe some Tony Stark, some, you know, some, we brought in Hazmat was there a lot. And then at the, toward the end, we got all these X-Men guest stars to come in. I guess I just feel like, you know, people like a supporting cast because I don't, I don't know what, what does the character have to say in their head all the time without some other POVs to sort of be in their life and be sort of influencing them and making them think about things a little differently. And um, I just think, you know, that's how we all connect. I also think it anchors a character and makes it more important to them what's going on like what they're fighting for having a support system and friends and vulnerable or powerful people you care about you know it's a it's an anchor point that helps all of us i think to to relate to something a little bit but yeah i do stealth turn my solo books into team books now i did it with black widow i did it with captain marvel um i don't think i totally did it with jessica jones but i did turn it into a team-up book because i brought in elsa for a while and i brought in emma for the other one so it's definitely a tick (laughs) hopefully (laughs) hopefully a good one that people are enjoying and not one that we need to watch out for oh no i think so i think so yeah no for sure And, and to your point about having like the the supplemental characters in there to help you know especially in a in a singular book like a ms marvel or something like yeah. that it's nice to have like that other point of view like as you said because it's not always about the fighting it's not always about the physical challenge sometimes yeah. it's the emotional challenges those intellectual challenges that characters need to go through yeah. that you need those other people to to push that character forward Yeah, and a lot of writers, and this will be slightly controversial perhaps, because I think a lot of writers and even fans like really talk about wanting to see characters interact with more human, you know, oh, who are the, who's the, you know, the, the dog sitter in their life who's just a regular human or whatever. And who's the person that they might have a relationship with that's a human? And like, I get it. I have that urge too, but. The bottom line is the way comics are made today and the way the teams turn over, I can spend six to 12 issues really trying to get you to connect with the donut shop guy who becomes, you know, Tony Stark's best friend or something, but nobody gives a shit about that guy. Sorry. Uh, nobody cares about that guy, but they do care about Rhodey. They do care about another powered character who could feasibly spin off into a thing. And so I, I'm not saying I don't want depower, unpowered characters. Like I want that to all feel diverse and real and like the real world. But if I'm going to invest a lot of time in a character that Carol, for example, is talking to, it's better for everyone most of the time if it can be a character that can spin out. I mean, I don't know how many times. I got really great, you know, tweets or emails or whatever from people being so excited that we included Hazmat because she was really, nobody was using her. She'd been really lost ever since some of the Avengers Arena stuff happened, I guess. Um, And so hopefully that's a character you can build up a little bit and get someone else excited about picking them up later. And that just doesn't happen with you know, Mr. No Name from your new book. I think it was more possible when comics were a little different and where you'd have more B and C plots and more layering and long-term building because you could really invest in putting those characters in there for a long time. But even high-level creators, 
you're lucky to know you're getting six to 12 issues. Like if you, if they're like, yeah, we're doing a year. Like, I mean, I'm sure there are people more popular and famous and whatever than I am who get to just write their own ticket. But I think most people, it's a tough market. And so even if you've got a name and you've got a history of doing a 50 issue run or a best selling run or something, it's tough. So you really got to sell it. No, I get you on that. Definitely. And yeah, the, that's the fight for a year these days. It feels like that's like, that's like the golden egg to get like a full year of something. Which it's is crazy. Shocking. Which yeah, is it's, shocking. It's I shocking. Mean... Cause it used to be like, Oh, it's issue 237. We're keeping yeah. it going. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say this though. I know you're saying people don't give a shit about donut shop guy, but I think deep <laughs> in you, there is a DC black label push pitch that's all about donut shop guy well listen i've got plenty of little pitches up my sleeve that are you know much less famous characters but you know what i mean i just can't get you know it's like Alyssa wong came on to captain marvel after i did and it's like you know i don't i don't know you know i never follow too closely afterward it's too it's like a it's like a breakup, you know, you yeah. get a little, like you get a little sensitive about it. Yeah, so don't want to see I, what the ex is doing. Yeah. 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 So Alyssa is incredible. Um, and Jan, 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 Jan too. I worked with Jan on, uh, of course, Mr. And Mrs. X. So I wish them nothing but the best. And what I've seen has been great, but like, yeah, I mean, I was hopeful, like some things will carry over and we'll pick those up, but I would never expect it to be, you know, like you hope Carol's half sister will show up and these other things, but you know, you never think it'll be a thing that you created that doesn't have any connection to anything else because it's just when you're, when you're rebuild, when you're building your pitch and pitching to Marvel, you know, you really got to think all that stuff out and like, you know, one of the reasons I brought in Kit and Marina for a few of my issues here and there was to try to do that thing, to sustain that thing from what Kelly Sue started. But it's really hard to do that. And it's really diminishing returns. So, you know, I was lucky enough on Captain Marvel to have a really long run where I could play with some of that stuff a little more. But I do think it's an uphill battle uh, with the way creative teams and new number ones with like a whole new status quo. I mean, not that the character gets completely rebuilt, but it's like, are they in space now? Are they in New York? We don't know. You know, like it's a whole new idea. And because of that, I think a lot of the sort of surrounding life tends to get cut every time there's a new. So I do try to lean into stuff that feels more timeless. That's easier to use as a creator, but I do think it diminishes things a little bit because you do take a hit on sort of the diversity and the world building of that book um, by not investing as much as you'd like to in the day-to-day, you know, stuff. Right. Yeah. But with this, with Birds of Prey, though, the amount <laughs> of stuff that you have put already into the book <laughs> is just astounding. Like, again, the issue four, like, again, you had a hoss fight in there. Big Barda versus <laughs> Wonder Woman. Like, this is comics. This is exciting shit. I, thank you. I yeah. felt that way. When I was reading it, when it came in with all of Leo and Jordy's gorgeous stuff and Clayton had done the first round of the, the, the letters. I was like, man, this is so fun. Like, I know people have things they want to complain about, but like, how can you not just appreciate the storytelling in this? Ah, God, Leo just killed it. Like some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen. He's so brilliant. He and Jordy together are, wow. I don't know. Just magic. Definitely. Yeah. I, you know, you were, as you were mentioning about, uh, Go just to go back to it briefly, the 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 um the 
the lack of the of the, the time you get on a book allows you to not enjoy that expansive nature that used to yeah. happen all the time in comics, yeah. right? Like as you mentioned, right? Like we used to get books that would run like you know, 50, yeah. 60, 70 issues inside yeah. of a larger run. And, you know, you got that time to play is, do you think that like, and I know that there was a, a, a group at the time that was kind of like very vocal amongst fans that were like, no, we want shorter stories. We don't get to keep the stars. It's about the stars. It's about the, you know, the, 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 the key characters. And it's like, mm. no man, the, the, some of the reasons why these, these stories are so seminal and important to people is because yeah. of all that background you know yes. uh stuff that yes. goes on do you think we've overcorrected now down to these six issues like i know it's money as well that's a whole other issue but i'm just saying from a storytelling I, standpoint i i do think it's an overcorrection but i do think that you know it's probably driven you know it's just driven by the market there are so many books out and the you know our market keeps shrinking because things are expensive and there's so many forms of media and comics are a real choice you have to make and like every person has to make that and so we just don't have the numbers of people who are choosing a comic book over a video game or a movie or whatever right so i think the market is tight and then there's so much out there there's so much great stuff you know i you know, I, I don't know what all the stats are, but I just think there's so much to choose from that it does squeeze DC and Marvel too. And I mean, I know, I know I heard people bitching about it's not even six issues now. It's four sometimes on a mini series, like they're settling it down to. And it's just like four is not enough to tell a story. And you're right. When it goes down to that bone like that, you're losing so many layers. You're losing, you're losing a chance at subtlety of, of not hitting the reader over the head with a message by like having the character say it outright every time on every page. Right. Like that, that kind of layering to, to be subtle and to let people come to thing organically, as opposed to exposition dumping it to them, that takes panel time. It takes page time. And uh, it's a shame we're sort of losing that. I just reread this last week, um, Mr. Miracle. And I mean, man, what a, what a tour de force in, DC letting it be about something terrifying and sad and even though there's tons of superhero stuff and violence in that I mean it's about life it's about family it's about making these choices and it's so deep and interesting and if you had whittled that down to less issues like man you just would have lost so much you know um so it's a shame definitely yeah no, that's. But on the other hand, we've got all this cool stuff that you can have, you know, <laughs> birds yeah. of prey and yeah, the cool any, stuff. The cool any, stuff is great. Definitely, any manga you could possibly want is out there, and so many like YA things that are more OGNs, and then obviously, I mean, periodicals, floppies are just like you can get anything. It's incredible. No, so. totally, it's amazing. We're getting some emails in. I'm gonna read some of those emails later, but one I want to read right now for the fans. Uh, uh, it says hello to the geeks. Alec from the Ukraine is listening. Oh, uh, we nice. need, and this is what this is what Alec has to say. We need geek show now with all that is here. Love your show. Have a nice new year. Well, Alec, I'm glad that we're able to get back on the air for you, so you can listen to us and maybe take your mind off some things. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Kelly, Birds of Prey again, loving what's going on, loving the ensemble cast. 
loving the the action loving the idea of like the rag like this is basically your dirty dozen kind of going in against the amazons and all that a lot yeah. of great stuff but then you bring us issue five which just recently came out and you did something really interesting the idea is that you wanted to change the entire perspective of this issue so you actually there's a different artist on it there's a different way you approached it right yeah, well, so we knew that we couldn't have Leo for all six, but I needed him to wrap it. So we needed to have one issue in there that was going to be an alternate artist. And plainly, it's very hard to find someone that can play at Leo's level that's a style that looks similar. So it was never the approach that we should try to match. It was always the idea of let's lean into it. If we need to do something different, let's really think about what we're doing, what we're saying, what that should look like, what it will be. And so my only regret is I wish there was a better way to telegraph exactly what we were doing, but without like breaking the fourth wall, all I could do were like lay hints. But so yes, for those readers who maybe didn't pick up on it or maybe you haven't read it yet, the idea is that issue five is more from the creature Megara's point of view. And so the art's different. Everything looks different. It's sort of very taken over by these sort of thready vine-like things that she's made of. Those even make up the panel borders. Um, there's no, there are no Dinah captions because we're not in any of the bird's head, which has been a consistent thing until this issue. Um, and you really just, you literally go inside this creature and you're sort of seeing how it perceives all this stuff. And so it looks wildly different. It's a, it's an artist who, uh, I'm newly familiar with this year, but an incredible talent. I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, it's Ariste Dayen, D-E-Y-N. Um, and really just, he did incredible stuff. He brought so much kinetic energy and like weirdness to it. It was super fun. And then like now in six, I hope it's going to like, wrapped together and i also hope it's going to read really cool in trade like all of a sudden you'll just have this section in the middle that's this crazy vine nightmare and then it goes right back to this structure that leah's set up that like works so well and there are some big twisty bits at the end of six which i'm very excited about well, i'm excited yes. for the twisty bits definitely. <laughs> everybody oh, loves twisty bits twisty bits <laughs> show us your twisty bits i say definitely yeah oh my god but uh of course again Birds of Prey, doing some great stuff. And then you have a totally different book with uh, your creator-owned book that's been – Substack uh, subscribers have already gotten to read this series, but the last issue of the of this story of The Cull is coming out at the beginning of February. For fans who haven't heard about it, what's it all about? So I think it's actually January 31st, but maybe I'm – I could be wrong. It might be, It might have moved to the first week of February. It's in a few weeks. Uh, so the call is basically about these five friends who live at like a sort of a famous coastal town, like a little sleepy town that's famous for these rocks in the water. And they go out to shoot a short film under the pretense of shooting a short film, but like they hike out to that rock that you're not supposed to go onto and like do their thing. And they end up in like another world. And then they, when they come back, it hasn't been that long, but it has been longer than they thought it would be. And everything has gone to shit. <laughs> and they're trying to figure some things out. They've got these weird powers from, from going to that, that liminal space, they call it like a place between worlds. Um, and so 
but they've realized that these things have decimated where they came from and they're sort of dealing with a lot of guilt over that but also like how do we fix this can we fix this and uh, there are some talking about twisty bits there is a real twisty bits at the end of the call number five so I, if you've been enjoying it, I think there's a lot, you know, it's like all the big action set pieces happen in this one, but also all the big emotional stuff and a few twists and turns. So, yeah, it's definitely one of those books that's better experienced than explained because it's like (laughs) you look at it like, you know, like Maddie is working this. Yeah. This takes your characters and really like it feels. It looks like a movie. Exactly. You get sucked into it. It feels so realistic. Yeah, I sort of buried the lead there for anyone that is not familiar with Mattia's work. Mattia Elias is an incredibly talented uh, Italian art- artist. He and I worked together on Jessica Jones at Marvel. This is our first time doing something together in the creator-owned space. And he his 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 work is are like beautiful realistic paintings it looks like a movie in your lap and i think the only thing different is he also can do an incredible special effects budget (laughs) so it looks like a movie but it also it looks like a you know a billion dollar movie because the things he can do with that he does digital painting and it's it's truly incredible crazy yeah no i i Andrew's been trying to get me to read it for the longest <laughs> time. And I finally got a chance to get caught up here. And um, the only disappointment was I, I, I I'm, I'm four issues in and I'm like, <laughs> but, uh, uh. <laughs> but that's okay because I'm loving all of it. And, and, and yeah, you're right. Maddie is doing a, like an amazing, phenomenal job. Cause I was like, as soon as I opened it up, I was like, holy shit, this is, yeah. this is, beautiful this is i i sometimes post pages that he's turned into me that haven't been released yet in uh writing slack i have with some fellow comic writers and typically if i put some maddie stuff up i get a lot of message like i'm a f off i hate you <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of aggression about me being lucky enough to work with this insanely i can picture artist. i can picture like <laughs> Ed Brisson or Matt yes. Matthew Rosen, we're just typing, yes. fuck you, fuck yes. you. Yes, I think it was Matt, <laughs> fuck off, like, get out of here. I don't even want to hear about your problems. Like, um, when I sent them the, the, that, that page turn for the final of issue three, when they come back and they see that mm-hmm. thing, when they come out, they were like, get out of here. They're like, uh, are you kidding me? I was like, yeah, that's in issue three. They're like, God damn it. Chip Zdarsky told me that Maddie and I were going to be millionaires and I would like Chip to write me a check because that has <laughs> not worked out yet. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> I do think it's going to be, I, I think people are going to be wilding out about the ending and I think that it's going to be a great trade. I'm hoping we're going to do more. It's a mm. question mark right now. You know, Madia is the doing that kind of work is in, incredibly time consuming. I mean, the great news is the way the conceit of the book is set up. I think we could pair Madia with additional artists who have different styles and really make it work. And I think that would be sort of the hybrid model going forward, but it has to be something, you know, Maddie and I are the co-owners of it. He's not just some person I hired. So he and I really have to dig in and figure out what it would be together. Uh, I think, but I'm hoping we'll do more. Uh, it's been very, it's, it's had a lot of praise. It's been very popular. Um, I, I'm kicking us a little bit that we, I feel like the delay of our last issue probably hurt us a little bit. Like if that issue had been out in early December instead of 
now. Um, I feel like maybe we would have made some more end of the year lists and stuff, you know, just because yeah. it's so much easier to, especially if you like the end of something to like, be like, wow, that was a great read as a whole. And I could just, you know, dig into that. So, yeah, no, I hear you. but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, though, I have a feeling the wait is going to be worth it because, <laughs> uh even just based on the first four issues it's it's an amazing read and like and we've talked a lot about madia here but like you're you're telling a really interesting cool story such diverse characters that are great bouncing off each other it's fantastic and it's it's one of those points that we start like when we started talking here about how like you've got a group and you're making them work together and it's like i could i could feel and understand who all of these people are like right off the hop they didn't take you know like 25 issues to understand who they are i'm i'm getting it in the first issue and that's a credit to you and your and your skill well thank you we wrote a really i wrote a really dense issue one that the whole first half is silent almost i mean there's almost no dialogue in there and you know i never could have done that without someone with madia's like attention to detail um there's just so much he puts in those panels and letting me not have to say it is just my favorite. Like, you know, if in life, people don't just go around saying world word balloons of what they're thinking or feel like that's not how life works. And so to work with a work with the artist of Maddie's caliber, um, and and it doesn't have to be super realistic. I mean, I think I think Meredith and Leo are all I think I'm very lucky and I pick great artists who really know how to tell a story. They know about the fundamentals of storytelling. They know how to express an emotion. I think for my part, I'm very good at like putting those emotions in. When I do panel border, you know, when I when I call out panel descriptions, it's not you know, Dinah moves to the right or close on Dinah's face. It's Dinah trying not to cry but her heart is breaking like that's that's what i want for this panel and most of the artists i work with they know how to do that they are and so they're propping me up constantly it's a it's a beautiful system in which i look much smarter than i am oh yeah well each each, <laughs> each of the artists you work with has, has has their strengths of course like madia with the cinematic look uh freaking uh leo with the uh just kicking ass on the Deluca storytelling effect, almost every issue. Yeah, he's yeah. he's very he's very uh, kind to me because he knows I love that. And man, he has really taken to it when he tried it these times. He really went for it. Yeah. But also like things like in issue two, I don't know if you remember when they went looking for that urn, they went into a place called the seam, which yeah. I was looking for something like that at DC and I was struggling to find exactly what I needed. And I was like, so I put in the notes in the script, I was like, listen, Ben, I don't know if this exists at DC. I'm still getting through my backlog of reading. You know, I read yeah. DC comics all my life, but there's a there's a level of prep you have to start doing when you're like, oh, I'm going to write about these characters. OK, it's a whole different level. Mm-hmm. So I've been still doing that a lot to get my feet wet because I've been so in Marvel. And I'm like, Ben, I can't find this thing I need. And he, I was like, so I just invented it. Now this is a thing called the seam. And then, and I thought, oh, maybe we'll never use it again. But what Leo did with it was so cool. I'm just now dying to get back into it. And I think that that's like a really fun thing that you almost forget about is just the way working with a collaborator can turn a thing that you were like, okay, here's this thing into an incredibly cool thing that now you can't wait to get back to. It was a great, it was a great moment. Oh, and it's fantastic. And again, this past year, the the output the creative output has been amazing between the black cloak finishing off captain marvel birds of prey the call 
And uh, looking forward to see what happens with Birds of Prey. Looking forward to happy the ending of the call and the new Black Cloak coming, all that sort of stuff. But one thing I hope someday, I hope that there's a time when Marvel and DC can do a collaboration and you can bring us what would probably be the greatest team up of all time, <laughs> Big Barda and Jeff the Landshark. <laughs> that would, that's, my, that's my dream team, definitely. <laughs> My brother, I was doing all those um, sketch covers this fall. I was selling a lot of sketch covers and I was putting Jeff on most of them, mostly because yeah. I can draw him and people love him. Yeah. And uh, so I was drawing him on all these Birds of Prey covers and my brother like texted me. He's like, can you put him on these DC covers? I was like, I'd like to see someone try to stop me. I was like, I might, <laughs> I might not be able to put him inside, but I can definitely put him outside. Yeah. Definitely on a sketch cover. Yeah. And certainly I was delighted when I came up with a way to use um, King shark in birds of prey. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's so great. I got to do that. So there it was like, a that's a little nod to my little Jeffy. Exactly. More <laughs> shark content. That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, Kelly, I want to thank you for coming back on the program. It's always delight having you on. And as I said, look forward to everything you got coming and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again at some point. Thank you so much. All righty. Have a great night. Yeah. You Thanks, too. Kelly. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. So that was Kelly Thompson. You, of course, can check out Birds of Prey and The Call at your local comic shop. And, of course, there's more great stuff coming on the way. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be reading your emails, and we're going to be giving our review of Echo right here, Geek Hard Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Well, we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now, back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, we're going to be giving our review of Echo. But before we do that, just going to read some of your emails that have come in. Of course, if you want to send us an email... Uh, just to say hey or to give us your thoughts on anything we're talking about tonight, it's geekhardshow at gmail.com. Ken N. writes in, hey, Andrew and Green, so glad that you are back. Cheers for the new year. Echo rocks. That's all. Well, thank you, Ken. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and happy new year to you, too, bud. Happy new year to you as well. Karen N. writes in, 
The geeks are live. So glad. So real. Birds of prey. Really cool. Hey to you guys. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New to you. Happy hey year. to the old man. Or somebody talking to me. Hey to Yuri. Welcome back. Looking forward to your shows in the future. Nothing like live radio. Be well and stay geeking. You stay geeking too, Karen. There we go. A lot of positive energy tonight. I'm enjoying this. I've really yeah, this missed reading the emails. I have. That's the one thing over the last seven weeks that was uh, sorely lacking. Yes, is, totally. Uh, Definitely. John T. writes in, you are back and you are not the Terminator. You never know. I could be. <laughs> Maybe I could be. Hey, this is where Arnie got it for me. I'll be back. Yeah. That's actually pretty good, old man. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Hey, have a great new year. I liked Echo. Very good. Old man, did he see it? Old man, did you watch Echo? I I heard an Echo. Is it what is it like a show? Yeah, it is, but oh, I have to check it out. Is it about yeah. is it about gonna... somebody just going, hey, and then you hear, hey. Yeah, not like not that? quite, but we're about to talk about it, so you'll be able to oh, listen. To it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, thanks yeah. for that. And then uh John finished off by saying, Thanks, geeks, for the show. And we get to Joe V, who writes in, uh, the, I love the title here, Missed You. We missed you too, Joe. Hey, we missed y'all. Happy New Year. Haven't seen Echo yet, but I will. Okay, Joe. Donna L writes in, is this real or is this Memorex? Oh, you're going to like that, Green. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Hey, geeks. Glad you are back on your radio station. Happy New Year to you all. You are our Friday nights. Echo is good. Liked it. Hope you had a nice holiday. Thanks for the show. Thank you, Donna. Yeah, and then finally, Gwen N writes in, hey to Andrew, Mr. Green and crew. Happy New Year to you all and welcome back. Missed all of you. Echo is A1. Good piece of work. Loved it. A 10 rating if you are still numbering the ratings. Love you in <laughs> Vegas. We'll love you too, Gwen. I hope you're in enjoying your life out there in Vegas. Uh, yeah, whatever ratings you guys want to put on it, we will read them there. That's yeah. it. We'll say that. Yeah, we, we love anything that is not our rating system. Yeah, totally. But now let's get into uh, Echo, uh, created by Marion Darn, written by Darn, Stephen Judd, Ellen Morton, Amy Rarden, Josh Feldman, Ken Christensen, Chantel Wells, and Jason Gavin, based on the Marvel Comics character created by David Mack and Joe Casada, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Hulu and Disney+. Plus. I'm just going to read the, the, the synopsis tonight. The origin story of Echo revisits Maya Lopez, whose ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her own hometown. She must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community if she ever hopes to move forward. Mr. Green, what did you think of Echo? That's a great show. I'm just going to cut straight to the chase. It's a great show. It's uh, it's a worthy successor to uh, the old Netflix Marvel universe and, uh, and and a great companion piece to what came out of another great show, which was Hawkeye. Um, and it's nice to see some of this in, in the MCU overall, since we've had a not so good couple of years you know, overall yeah, between yeah. the, between the movies and the TV shows, there's been some, there's been some gems along the way. And uh, it's nice to see season two of Loki really hitting its stride. And now we get this and this, you know, once again, another strong entry into this, uh, the situation, but also just a really interesting and great character that uh, Lakwa is uh, putting forth here, you know, in echo. Right. Right. Uh, we got a couple more emails come in. 
Stevie writes, missed you geeks. Love the show tonight. Always a pleasure. Stay healthy and happy in 2024. And Don S writes in, hello, Andrew and Mr. Green, and actually put Mr. Green in green font. Oh, so glad nice. you are here. Good guest. So the old man produced you? Well, I wouldn't say producer. He he touched a couple of things on the board. Yeah, Sometimes he, he, he got it right. Good effort. You know, good effort. He, he did he did all right. He did all right. Yeah. Don then goes on to say, "Have a good new year. We'll check out Echo. I want a Jimmy's hot dog." Well, I'll talk to Jimmy. He's very upset when people say that they want hot dogs from him. He says that he makes a lot more than hot dogs. But I'll I'll talk to him about it. Definitely. Yeah. There you go. Oh my god. Yeah. I overall really enjoyed this show. There's a couple of little nitpicks and stuff. I really don't think they needed to bring in, in the final episode, the superpower element. I think mm -hmm. the stuff they were leading up to before that was very cool in the idea of the ancestors being a part of you. Mm -hmm. But then that kind of like moment of the superpower moment from a, what was otherwise a relatively grounded show just kind of fell out of place. Also, it's unfortunate about the show. They found out midway through writing the show that they weren't going to have enough money for six episodes. They got their budget slashed. So originally it was supposed to be six episodes. Mm. And you can really see that in the fifth episode because it is rushed. It is rushed quite mm. a bit compared to the rest of the season. The first three episodes are like magic. Yeah. And the fourth episode is a lot of exposition because that's when they found out when they, in the writing process, when they were running out of money. And so the final episode just kind of like rushes through to the climax. Unfortunately, I think if they had have been kept the regular budget, this would be like a hundred percent, 10 or 10 show, but this was an all right eight in my opinion. Yeah, I no, I, 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 with your, what you're talking about, even with that, you know, uh, being there, it, it's, which is un very unfortunate. Yeah. I still think the show overall does a lot of good things and, and I get your point about the the superpowers. I, I didn't feel the same way necessarily, but I, I you know, like overall, I think, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of good character interactions in this too. There's a like, lot of great character interactions, but also because of the shortened timeline, we didn't get enough mm -hmm. in certain things like, like her cousin, which is Biscuits. obviously. Biscuits is the oh, best. Biscuits is great, but I'm talking oh, about sorry. Bonnie. Oh, sorry. Bonnie, yeah, yeah, her cousin, yeah, yeah. Bonnie, played by Devery Jacobs. There was obviously supposed to be more meat on that bone. Yeah that wasn't there at the end of it, unfortunately. Um, I think it's a good first step in the right direction. Um, and I look forward to seeing what they do with more of these street level heroes as well. Uh, we got another email in from Bob V who says, Hey geeks, nice show tonight. Lots of energy. Happy new year. Echo was great. I agree with Mr. Green. Thank you. There we go. But yeah, the performance in this are really what make this show. Alakwa Cox, fantastic as Echo. Vincent D'Onofrio bringing it as fix and the two of them together magic, just amazing chemistry. They're really good. Together. Like I look forward to if they kind of have Kingpin as kind of like the street level, big bad that a lot of the heroes end up facing off against. Mm -hmm. I liked, I'd like to see them revisit this echo Wilson Fest relationship. Cause it's something that is only kind of covered for a short time in the comics. So there's a lot of stuff you can add to it. Totally. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what are you saying? You said people should check this out on uh, Disney plus or Hulu or skip it all together. No, absolutely. Go check it out. It's, it's, it's good. It's a good time. Definitely. I say check it out as well. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with voice actor Ian Hanlon right here on Geek Yard on Reality Radio 101.
Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Gee Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Gee Card, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. And we're finishing off the night with our final guest of the evening. He is a voice actor who's been in a number of projects, but most recently can be heard on the Netflix series Sonic Prime as both Shadow and uh, Big the Cat. Welcome to the program, Ian Hanlon. Hello, hello. Very nice to be here. Thank you for uh, letting me swing by. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Um, So, yeah, so I believe the most recent season of Sonic Prime just hit the old Netflix. Yeah, just came out yesterday. So it's been cool to see the uh, the reactions to that have been have been really fun to watch. It's pretty awesome. Now, with the, the you know characters like this, with like Shadow and stuff like that, part of the Sonic universe, of course. Like I know we're roughly around the same age, so you probably grew up with the the Sega Genesis playing the game and stuff like that. I did indeed. And then, of course, you've also worked as characters in like stuff like Strawberry Shortcake and stuff like that. So. When it comes to having these characters that have had a long history, do you prefer doing roles of that nature, or are you more excited about the brand new concept characters coming to different parts? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a trip hopping into something that's been been done and been around for a while, right? Um, but I also have a have a theater background, and so like there are certain characters that just get done a lot. Like there's been a hundred thousand hamlets and there'll be a hundred thousand more hamlets and so it's cool to kind of get a crack at a character and sort of go you know here's my version of that and that's fun for a while and then it gets handed off to somebody else i think that's really fun having to kind of play into people's expectations and then maybe subvert them a little bit um but then when you do get to sort of create something from whole cloth like a brand new character it can be very liberating but it's also kind of you're working with a bit less of a net maybe because yeah. you've got to just come up with all of it. So uh, they both have their challenges and they both definitely have their uh, perks as well. Yeah. I got to, I got to imagine as a, as a voice actor, obviously uh, uh, you know, for a lot of what we're talking about here, it, it you got to be kind of divorced from being attached to the characters. Like you maybe would be if you, you know, were in a live action project, you know, or on a stage play because the nature of the business, you know, like not everybody gets to repeat in the shows and it's just kind of a nature of that, that business. It was that something that when you got into voice acting, that was a little bit of like, you had to always remember, like, I can't like fall in love with these characters. I I think it, it kind of was because like a lot, like a lot of people, I, I, I was a fan first. Right. I mean, I didn't I didn't pursue voiceover necessarily because I was like, I love, you know, animation and these characters. And I want to do voice work specifically because I'm a fan. It was sort of 
one led to the other very organically and it sort of made sense in retrospect like oh yeah of course i watched cartoons my entire life and, right. um and i distinctly remember every time a version of a character usually a superhero or something like that would get reinterpreted and reinvented there'd be a new version and i'd have feelings about that one way or the other and so when you do get to do a character especially a character that's already existed that is kind of in the back of your mind like this is my time with it and that's great but i don't own it it's not mine <laughs> right I, it's i'm renting i'm leasing the character for a yeah. time <laughs> well it's funny that you bring that up because we had kelly thompson on earlier who's a comic writer she writes she's wrote for marvel she's writing for dc comics right now mm -hmm. and one of the things she mentioned is that when she's done with a certain character like she's off that book she has trouble reading the next person's interpretation because it feels like like you know oh this is the new person that's dating my ex sort of thing <laughs> yeah. does it feel like that with you when you do like say a certain character for a, a cartoon and then they come out with a new version of it and somebody else is doing the character that you might have done before sure i mean there's always going to be a little bit of like well that's not how i would have done it but <laughs> but i'm sure that the person who did the part before me feels exactly the same way about me doing it right so it's as as long as you kind of keep a level head about it and go, you know, this was, this was always the plan. This is always what was going to happen is, you know, you get it for a while and that's amazing. And you try and make the most of it while you're doing it. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it goes for a really long time and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it comes and goes in fits and spurts and just enjoy it while you're doing it. You know, it's, it was a, it, it's, it's a privilege getting to work on characters like that. And uh, so when they come around, just, Make the most of it. Have fun. Definitely. definitely. We yeah. got a couple more emails that came in tonight. Thank you, everybody, for sending in the emails. Bart C. writes, nice to hear the geeks again. Always look forward to the show when I can listen. Such news. Happy 2024 to you all. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Thank you. And then yeah. we've also got one from David E. who writes, shelf life rules. <laughs> shelf life indeed. There you go. Oh, my God. Um, now, one thing that I find kind of interesting about you is that you kind of picked up like things ha like talents that helped you in theater and in voice acting when you were a kid because of kids at your school not being able to watch The Simpsons and South Park mm -hmm. that you would give do the service of watching the episode and then over the weekend reciting it and rehearsing it and getting all the parts down so that you could then tell them on Monday what happened. I got to ask, was it like creating a one-man show? Did you put on voices for each of the characters and stuff like that? Kind of, yeah. I'd, I'd sort of just, and, and I wasn't even thinking about it as, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this <laughs> and then this and then this. It was just, when when those shows were sort of like, South Park had just come out and The Simpsons was still relatively early on. This would have been in like the mid-90s. Um they were like, you know, kind of still a little bit taboo at, a, at that point. Mm -hmm. And so not everyone was allowed to watch them. And I was, you know, but I would just watch them a, a ton. I'd usually tape them uh, and then just watch them again and again and again and again and again. And then on Monday, I'd be like, did you see it? And they go, no. And I'd say, well, this happened and this happened. And then he said, Absolutely. and then he said, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and so I'd just go through the whole thing. And, uh, it, I'd get a reaction. And then they'd the next week be like, did you watch it this week? Like what, what happened? And so I just do it kind of again and again. So they got this very bizarre 
sort of cipher of a person explaining to them what happened. Oh, man. Those kids must have got really bummed if you got sick. Right. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Who is Cartman's father? I need to know. <laughs> oh, man. If the power went out or you guys went on vacation and you're like, no, I haven't watched it yet. Like, it was brutal. I remember one time because uh, I, I I was doing like a sleepover at someone's house and I was like, okay, I'm going to set the timer in the VCR to tape it. And someone changed it and it didn't tape. I was devastated. I was I was so upset. Uh, People don't could understand whatever you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> People just don't understand the like the, the 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 things that we had to do back in the day to to, yes. to watch yeah, to record VCRs something. Those were finicky. Oh. There was so many people like you could tell a family member. It's like. This is how you tape one thing while you watch something else, and they'd mm -hmm. still screw it up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Come back. Why is this half an episode of TNG followed by, like, news? This is not what I wanted. What is this? <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh, man. Now, um, uh, I mentioned the strawberry shortcake. You got to do the character of Pie Man. Now, I've seen clips of this, and... Pie Man is very much like a classic kind of villain, like just like owns the stage sort of thing. What was it like putting that character together? Because it seems like you're having a ball. That was a ton of fun getting to do that. So I, I had read for that show and we had done a, a pilot originally for a sort of a different interpretation. And then that got it sort of went away. It didn't go. And so, you know, that happens. You do a pilot doesn't happen. And then months later, might have even been a year or more later, uh, I got an email saying, hey, Shortcake, and you're still on as Strawberry or as, as, as Pie Man. And they had reworked a lot of the show and people got moved around, but they wanted to keep me on. And so uh, the interpretation I had done on the first version of the show was this like very big, broad, it was sort of based on like a uh, a character from like the importance of being earnest that I had done in college. And he was just like very big and very grand and very self-assured and just scenery chewing character. And uh, when we were doing the the record, it was like more, more go, go, go. And I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love it. Keep going, keep going. So he got to be this huge character, which was just so much fun to play. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a treat when, when being the bad guy, come on, that's yeah. just so much fun. Yeah, I've heard you refer to it online as your Ursula. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got to do a great big song, which was really fun. A very like, just sign this contract and everything you want can be yours song. I was like, this is my Little Mermaid moment that's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, going from, uh, you know, obviously the dastardly villain, you know, kind of uh, space over to a hero space. You also did the voice of Rick in walking dead destinies. Mm -hmm. I got to imagine, like, obviously cartoons a little bit different, you know, like yeah. you're taking that over, you know, people's interpretations, but Rick was performed by in live action, you know, by an actor. And, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of, you're taking that on. Like, how did you come into that? Did you like, did you actually watch film uh, of the, those performances and, or, and you'll kind of aim that way? Or are you just like, no, I'm just going to do, the best version of Rick that I can do. That was, sorry, my dog wants to get involved. That was very much, uh, <laughs> it was, it's, it started from a point of trying to get as close to the, to the tone and, and the, the voice as you can. Mm -hmm. But then we're more interested in catching kind of the, the vibe of the character, like what this guy is about and, and his thing. So it wasn't as much at that point about this needs to be a one to one exact. It's more, does this guy feel the way? that 
the the television version of Rick felt, right? Is he, is he in the same pocket? Does he, this, does he have the same kind of feel to him? So it wasn't as much like, we got to go back and get that one because he'd say, you know, Tien, and you sent us said Tien, right? It's mm-hmm. like, right, we got to really, really dial down. It was more like, does he feel Rick? Okay, cool, That that's working. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's super daunting, taking on something that is, you know, similar to to Sonic, right? A lot of people love that that right. franchise and that character a lot. And so it's it's always like, are they going to come for me at the end of this? Like, you never quite know, right? <laughs> So it's a, it's a big responsibility. It's a lot of fun. Um, and you just got to kind of do the best you can and, and hope that people like it. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And, you, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, right, I got to right. imagine the, the Strawberry Shortcake fans are probably not as ardent as uh, some of the uh, the other IPs that you've worked on. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, with, well, with something like Sonic Prime, you kind of get the best of both worlds because with Shadow, like I've heard you – compare shadow to like a batman type character and mm-hmm. i've heard you compare big to like norm from cheers so you really get to run the gamut on that show yeah it was really fun going in because you, you get to sort of get out both spectrums of anything that's like bothering you or you're holding on to you get both ends of it you get to be like hey norm and then on the other side you get to be really broody and mad upset about everything it was uh that was a lot of fun because i mean up until that point big hadn't spoken too much right it was you know kind of more monosyllabic and 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 stuff like that and so they were going like we think that the vibe we're going for is kind of like a like a norm kind of thing like that's what we want like all right so we we played around with that and and then for like shadow the thought in the the character i kept coming back to in my head was racer x from speed racer okay was i was like that's that's the vibe he's like the maybe more on paper, like I, I could do this, or like Guyver Three. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's that like I'm more powerful. I could do this better, but you're the hero, so I guess we've got to do this this way. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of, but also still trying to like guide the the hero on their journey as well. So it, it was really really fun getting to to play that super super capable person and someone running around screaming. Uh, at the, at the, at the other end. <laughs> that is always fun. Now, before we go, there there is one thing I want to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, something you put posted on. Uh, I still call it Twitter on Twitter back in December. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you put something up that really like I, I associated with and I was like, I t- I'm totally there. And that is, has anyone in history ever managed to wash their face without having a torrent of water run down their elbows and all over the counter and floor? This is a problem, my friend. This I, I feel for you. I am there. Uh, even even washing my hands, I find that it goes down through my yeah. sleeve to my elbow. Like I just don't. You know those little things that happen in life where you go, am I the only person experiencing this problem? This seems like everybody is just able to do this. Am I the only person that this is happening to? You're and not alone. You're I not pre- alone. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, this, I feel so connected to just so many more people now. And it's funny because a lot of people did comment on that and just go, <laughs> happens to me all the time. Like with complete earnestness, just happens to me all the time. It is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you're 100% right, Ian. 
there are times in life, little things like that. You're going like, how, how am I failing at life? Like, how is this the thing that I cannot do? I can, you know, go out and, and do amazing voice work on some amazing shows and, you know, do these things, but I can't wash my face. It's so funny. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> like it's, and, and, and I, I think about it too. It's like Michael Jordan doesn't have this problem. There's first, there's no way that that guy has this problem. But like he does though, and that's what's so funny. About <laughs> that's what's so funny is like the greatest of all time, and he's like, "It's all over the floor. I don't <laughs> understand. It's all over my hands." This sucks. Yeah, exactly. And he took Good. that personally. So yeah, 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 I'd say so. I'd say so. Definitely. He talks some oh. trash to that water and that faucet. There you go. Oh my God. Well, Ian, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program, man. It's been a lot of fun talking with you. Likewise. Uh, again, if you got any other projects uh, that that are happening, we'll, we'll love to have you back on to talk about them. Love to come and, back. Uh, I really hope that you get to do uh, some mocap. I know you've been wanting to do some more mocap. Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks fun, and I'd love to I'd love to wail on somebody with like a, a foam sword or something. I, it looks just so fun to me. I got to get. All righty. Well, thanks again, Ian. Uh, have yourself a great night. Thanks so much. You too. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Ian. Thanks. So that was Ian Hanlon. Uh, of course, Sonic Prime. You can check it out right now. Uh, the current season is available on Netflix. And, of course, the seasons before that as well. And just uh, keep an ear out. Keep yeah. an ear out. You'll hear him. You'll hear Aaron, Ian somewhere. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And maybe on Netflix as well. But you never know, right? It's it's all over the place. You, you don't have the Netflix? I I I I can't comment on that. Are you talking about Net Netflix? Is the most popular streaming service? Yeah, I'm sure it is. It right is. there, no, Netflix is good. Netflix <laughs> yeah. is good. I don't know what you're talking about. I have Netflix. That's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. I the bet Disney you Plus. Do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Disney Plus. Yes. Well, we've come to the end of the program. Mr. Green, why don't you tell the good folks where they can find us? Uh, as always, if you like what we do here, and thank, for those who wrote in tonight, thank you guys ever so much for doing thank you that. so much. Um, but additional content can always be found at patreon.com slash geekheart, as well as, more importantly, for anybody who wants to go back and hear some old episodes, it is the absolute best way to go and hear some of our older episodes uh, as, the, as they come offline over time. You know, we can't keep everything up there. You know, the Internet's a small place. Um, additional content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geekheart Show on any of those platforms. You'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekheartshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show, which if you didn't listen live tonight, we understand. It's, we've been off for seven weeks. It's okay. Available Mondays after 2 p.m. Also, best way to hear those last seven episodes, because you know you want to hear them. But of course, if you, if you can't remember it like I can't, best way to hear us to do what andrew is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice absolutely and leave a five-star rating or review while you're there absolutely and of course if you want to continue the conversation with us you can always email us geekheartshow at gmail.com i want to thank kelly thompson and ian hanlon for coming on the program for mr green and for yuri in the booth it's great to be back on reality radio yes 101 Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host, Andrew Young, and Mr. Green right here on Reality Radio 101.